So are we going to like restart that conversation? We're going to restart right now. Hey, Don. Hi. Well, welcome to Medicine of Sound podcast. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Great it, start. Dude, I'm She's welcoming me now too. Yeah. Um, okay. So to... we were just chatting about how we actually know each other. And uh, we met at social studies class grade. I was grade 11, I think. You were probably grade 10. I don't know why you were in grade 10. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Was it the opposite? No, I was in grade 10. You were in grade 11. And you were in grade 11 socials? No. I'm so confused already. Wasn't it like the social studies for... I think we were in a split class. Oh, we were in the slow one. Yeah, we were because we weren't... uh, It was the social (laughs) studies. What was it? It was something to do with... um, Oh, yeah. It was a social studies that wasn't on the communications scene. or something like that. Was no, that, it? that was another one. That was the that English was another one? one. No, no, that was like the. So basically, yeah. in in our school, there was the there was the kids that wanted to mess around, and we were those kids, and we did the easy classes, <laughs> and I did the easy everything. So whatever the easy socials was, I don't think I did the easy English. I think I could handle that. I think the easy English was communications, uh, but I did the easy uh, science, which is science and tech. And then yeah, the, that's and what, that's the, the other one that we were in. Yeah, yeah. and then the easy... Um, and that was like math. down over like over by the auto room, I remember. Yeah, math math essentials, that was the other oh, one. Oh, yeah. So that's why we were in a split class is because I we were so, both yeah. in the bad kids <laughs> mess around class. <laughs> Portable number three or four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we, we met there and um, she was my link to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> I was a Jehovah's Witness at the time and I was very interested in all of the interesting conversations she was having about living this adventurous life and I was living vicariously through her going oh my goodness this sounds so much fun remember you tell me about this place called the shed oh, the place was so cool back then yeah yeah I wasn't invited it was invite only oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah uh, 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 a long time ago yes yeah. a, a long time ago yeah it's interesting to think back of that who I was at that time because mm-hmm. that was like I was fearless then there wasn't that any like there wasn't anything that was impacting my life in a way where I was worried about actually I was thinking about this yesterday. So I remember I was after my sister passed away, I moved to Alberta and in Alberta I changed my name from my my first name became my middle name and right so I went from Don Michelle Vanichuk to Michelle Don Vanichuk and then for the time that I lived there I lived a different life with a different name and I was like reinventing myself and it wasn't working. And then when I came back to BC in grade 10, I still had that, but I was like caught in between two worlds. Mm -hmm. So it was like, or two identities almost. Mm -hmm. And it was like picking up where I left off when I left, but then also not understanding who I was going to be or who I needed to be or who I was meant to be. I think we were all going through that at yeah. the time, right? Oh, yeah, for like sure. When, when you're at that yeah, age, yeah. we're just like, uh, this is the thing that's cool. This is the thing where I feel like the thing that I've reflected on is there's a way that we apply our comprehension of basically the social hierarchy, okay? So there's like a social hierarchy no matter where you go. Oh, yeah. You're in like, you're a jock. It's like this. If you're in this one, it's like this. And the thing that I found with the people that were smoking a lot of weed and doing a lot of drugs is that 
I felt the most accepted by those people. That's what originally got me like um, anchored into it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was not accepted by the majority of other people, which I'm not sure. Do you, do you feel like a similar resonance with that? Oh, for sure. Right. And that like, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Because it was, there was a bond of some other way where it was just like living on the edge. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's an exciting, it was living within that excitement and that adventure for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were a lot of people that were willing to kind of just hang out with you and just show you. It's like, so this is what I'm sure you've had this experience too. Because when we do, you know, drugs and we're hanging out with people, and we introduce people to it. It's like, I feel like I would live a vicarious high through the new people. And I feel like that's why... I was feeling accepted by others because people were like, hey, come smoke weed with me, newbie. This is hilarious. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, like seeing this guy, yeah. you know, just yeah. going back to school and like basically borderline passing out and like yeah. all of that. Yeah. Oh, and like paranoid. And you're like, do I smell? Oh my God, I smell. Oh, does everybody, can everybody else smell me? Oh, Jesus. And then everyone really... just thinks it's funny. And then and then the one guy who was like super prepared had Visine. He's like, yo, man, yeah. I'm going to take care of you. And yeah. you're like, this guy's my friend. He gave me Visine. Oh, my God. Respect. Respect. <laughs> Even though my yeah. eyes still look really high, they're white at least. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And we, everyone would spray Axe all over ourselves. Ew. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. beautiful. What a beautiful time. I know. I used to just smoke a cigarette after and then I was good. Yeah. But even then it was just like, and that's the thing, because people talk about how weed is the gateway drug, mm-hmm. but it was not for me what it was was smoking 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 was my gateway because i was in the smoke pit not that everybody that goes in the smoke pit was like a bad kid but it was like that was the thing lots of them yeah i know right (laughs) (laughs) lots of them were they were smoke pit kids well there was there was also a social hierarchy in the smoke pit do you remember that of course there was like the more like um you might have to cut this out because i don't know what the proper word for the asians uh, just Asian. Asians. Yeah, it Asian was like the fine. Asian group. And then it was just like, you know, the LOL boys. I don't LOL know. LOL boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. There was that. And then it was just like all these different, yeah, like crews everywhere. And then, right. yeah, it was just weird. Yeah. And then, and then we learn how to find ourselves. So like as we go through that path, we learn to find ourselves usually melding between groups and hanging out with different people and... I feel like one of the things that I experienced because my main crew was like the skateboard kids, right? Yeah. And then we all kind of started smoking weed at the same time. It was just like this weird phase where it was like, we're all doing it. And we just <laughs> all started doing it together, right? Yeah. It was like this en masse. We'd all get high together. But I actually never hung out the smoke pit. I'm not sure if I even spent one moment there because I didn't actually smoke cigarettes. But I knew that there was like a, there was a whole thing going on over there, right? Was, for me, it was like the skateboarders. And it was like, there's this, the skateboarders that who played music and the mm-hmm. ones that didn't play music. And then there was like, yeah. the, you know, there's it's always... So always a hierarchy of sorts yeah what what was the thing that you found was like the and i feel like this is an interesting thing is what did you find was the currency that was making you become higher on the hierarchy because it was it's different for every group um i don't even remember that like i remember i wasn't high on the hierarchy in that way, right? Like, because I remember in grade t- 10, the girls in grade 12 didn't like me. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, there was just, like, with girls in high school, it's just, 
there's a whole thing there you know what I mean and then so it was just like and that was kind of what I was talking about before it was just like going from like having a different identity to being back to dawn and not knowing what that meant of who to be dawn after you know I went through a traumatic event and then more traumatic traumatic events in Alberta Mm -hmm. um when I was in um I guess it was like middle school there up until grade nine I went through some significant trauma Mm. and then I came back and I didn't want to talk about that time right I didn't want to forget about it yeah right like I was I was like I was raped by my friend's boy friend who was a lot older than me and so when I came and that was in grade nine right and then that's how I lost my virginity right mm, and then whoa. so so when I came to back to BC I didn't want to tell anybody that so I like made up this story that I had a boyfriend and you know that's what it was but really that's what happened right and mm-hmm. I had somebody in my life who was I, what I thought would be a friend but looking back now wasn't um she went through and went and messaged this person and found out that I lied and told everybody I lied, but I couldn't tell people why, mm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was like, I feel like I didn't know how to maneuver high school like any other person, but this was my first year in high school. I wasn't actually yeah. in high school in yeah, grade nine, yeah, so I yeah, didn't yeah. have that extra year. Right, so to, was, to learn how that process worked. Yeah, and I didn't have like a core group of friends coming back. Mm-hmm. Like I had my friend that I'd known since I was in kindergarten, but it was, we were different people at that time, right? Because I was gone. So it was just like, high school was not really... Well, explains why you're so nice to me then. Yeah, Because you didn't have any friends. No, yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. It was like, I was just like, I was always happy. I was a happy person. Mm -hmm. And I was just trying to make the best out of every situation. Mm -hmm. And I was just being excited to just experience what I was experiencing and not have to experience the like the racism and the like the abuse of Alberta, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I was a non-Catholic in a Catholic French immersion school mm. and I'm very opinionated and I've never not been opinionated. And if somebody asked me what my opinion is about something, I'm going to say it. And it wasn't something that like, cause that's my opinion. I'm respectful of everybody else's stuff. Like that's fine. Do your thing, believe in whatever you believe in, but I don't believe in that. And so when, yeah, so it, it didn't go over it very well over with, very with the very well. with, conservative, with the yeah. yeah, very conservative community. Yeah, but you totally, uh, you totally knew what it was like because I was, I was a Christian. You were like, ooh, you're, you're like that, eh? <laughs> okay, okay, I got it. I'm gonna convert this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so the the thing that I was actually touching on there was the currency that ascended us up the hierarchy ladder in school was actually our our ego and kind of how mean we were to each other sometimes. So there was like this cutting of each other down, which ascended us on the ladder. And it's an interesting thing because what I noticed was once high school was done, uh, a lot of the people that did really well at that game, it no longer works in everyday life. So you end up like kind of self-destructing to a certain degree and or just, well, there's the existential crisis that happens after high school where you're just like, um what am I doing yeah. and where am I going yeah. and how do I not just, yeah. Well, and I, and that was, cause that like welcome and then transitioning into grade 11 and 12, that's exactly what it was like. Mm. I think it took me grade 10 to really figure out that it's like, you can't be nice to everybody because everyone's going to stab you in the back mm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just living within the social circles that we did. Yeah. And you know, so grade 11 and 12, it was like, yeah, I remember I turned into, I went back to that, um, protection with my ego. Right. So if I hurt you, you can't hurt me. Yes. And um, yeah, so it was like, it was different. And by that time, you know what I mean? I was full on 
you know, partying mm-hmm. while I'm at school. You know what I mean? So it was like, I'm like snorting oxies and just sitting in class and hanging out. Yeah. Doing E, mm. doing whatever. At school. Yeah. Drinking. That's wild. Like, I don't think I, no, I never did E at school. I, never, I only smoked weed at school. Yeah. Like, I did, I did a, a lot of E, but yeah. I didn't do it at, at school. Well, there was no, that was like my only time to be able to do what I wanted to do because I lived nice. in a very, um, conservative household as well, right? So well, it was funny. That's why I smoked weed at school. Like yeah. the first hundred times I smoked weed was at school, which yeah. is funny because just not very conducive to having a good time right. smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah. like that's when you have access to do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause at home, like I couldn't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I had curfew and you know, I had to live, um, within the boundaries that my mom was setting for me and I didn't like it. I felt mm. I was being controlled and I was rebelling and then I was kicked out a lot and I was like, yeah, like couch surfing in high school and, you know, standing outside my house with a garbage bag full of my clothes and nowhere to go. You know mm. what I mean? But that wasn't, I didn't, we didn't talk about that. Right. Cause that was just like what was going on at home. Right. And it was, yeah. And I'd have to go like, that's where Bonnie came in. Mm. Right. Bonnie was trying to help me and I had to go and like. Right, yeah, well, let's let's bring up let's bring up Bonnie. Oh, Bonnie yeah. was just an Bonnie. angel at school. Yeah, she was like uh, I don't even know what she was. Was she a social? Yeah, mentor she was or like um, um, like a youth worker. Okay. Yeah, so like kind of like a support worker, case manager a little bit. And... She took a lot of uh, um, more interest in me after I got suspended. I was yeah. like, oh, now she knows I'm a bad kid. Yeah. So now, now now she now she's like, oh, Chase, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna help help this guy too. Yeah, right? you get blessed with the Bonniness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Every time I was hungry. And I was like, Bonnie. <laughs> I wonder where she is now. Yeah. I, I got her on Facebook. You got her on Facebook? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah. I totally forgot about her. There's a lot of a lot of things that happened in school. That was a it was a blur, you know. For me, grade basically once I started smoking weed and just not stopping smoking weed at all and just continually doing it. Most of high school was a bit of a blur, but a chaotic blur for mm-hmm. sure. And then coming out of it, I remember thinking that life outside of high school is very different and it's definitely better oh yeah but it's definitely like you got to relearn how to live and i think people well my my dad uh first showed me the movie mean girls and he was like he's like you gotta see this he's like this is like (laughs) just like how it is in high school or whatever right and uh, and then my my mom was saying that like all those things are are true and you know, of the few things that I had uh, witnessed through f- other females and stuff, it's like, yeah, it's a that's the thing. It's a pecking order. And when you're outside of that world, it, it does continue in certain circles. I'm sure if you became, who knows, a model, I don't know. Like there's, there's probably places where that kind of pecking order and hierarchy does apply. But high school has its own aspect because there's, it's like a shit mix of people right mm-hmm. it's everyone it's not like you know how to do it in all circumstances it's like well in this circumstance it's like this and this one it's like this in this one you want to be strong and jacked in this one you want to be able to take fat bong chops in this one you want to be able to be really cunning with your words and incredibly mean when the situation arises in this one you want to you got to be able to fight you got to be able to throw down like don't sh- talk shit if you can't throw down like yeah. all of these different things i was like whoa you got to know yeah. a lot 
lot. Whereas most social circles, there's like one one thing people are trying to do. And if yeah. you get good at it, you know, part of the chess club, you get good at chess, you ascended the hierarchy, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like, it's interesting because like in high school, we don't learn interpersonal skills. Mm -hmm. We are forced to learn interpersonal skills, mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily the proper um, um, ways of handling other types of personalities. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting because it's like I didn't learn how to really work with other people until after high school. Of course. Right? Yeah. Because then it was just like, and then, and really not until I started to really get to know myself. And you can't get to know yourself when you're in high school. You're just like running on hormones and... Rebellion. Ugh, hormones, everything. rebellion, anarchy. Just everything. F the system. Yeah, that, just yeah. trying to prove something. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, yeah, so it was just like I was in all these different classes, but I like I never went. Mm. I was just on my own doing my own thing. I didn't have any time to listen to authority. Mm. And like I know now what it was and it was just like it's a combination of so many different things. But it was just like I wasn't I was put into the high school system and I wasn't meant to be in that type of a structured environment. Me neither. Right. Yeah. And it was just like no. I, did you ever hear about in Maple Ridge they have that school where you just do I don't know what it is, but you basically do whatever you want at your own pace. I think it's yeah, Thomas Haney I, or something. Yeah, like and that. I went to Cabby in Coquillum. Yeah. I yeah. got expelled in, well, I didn't graduate on time, and then I had to go back in grade 13. Grade 13. And then oh, I got wow. expelled within like a week. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So then I wasn't allowed to go to any other school, and I had to go to Cabby. But at Cabby, I was able to like really focus on what I was doing, and I didn't have to focus on like seven different classes in a day. It was just right. one class for mm. the morning, and then one class in the evening. Mm. And then I was in PE. Mm -hmm. And then I went on field trips every Friday. It was awesome. Nice. Yeah, it was. So instead of just the easy class, you got the easy school. You, you yeah, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. chose the easy yeah, school, yeah, yeah, yeah. eh? Yeah, and I should have been in that school a long time before. Yeah. I really should have because it was just – like I I was – I've been recently um, discovered that I have like ADHD and it's not – like it's kind of like a hard thing to, to grasp because it's not the stereotypical way that um, like in school I wasn't just like – running around I wasn't really high energy like that which I actually am internally but mm -hmm. not I don't ex like I don't express that in that way but it showed in so many different ways and when I was in high school and the way that I handled situations and that I couldn't handle and like the classroom and the demand and all these things I couldn't stay focused and so it's interesting how if there was some more awareness over what I was doing totally and and, and talk about gateway drugs one of the things I noticed was with the ADHD kids they had Ritalin and they'd mm -hmm. snort the Ritalin. Yeah. And like, I swear that was the gateway drug for a lot of people to start snorting drugs. Yeah. I, I don't know why they started snorting Ritalin. I never did it. Did you ever do it? What? Snort Ritalin? No. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that seems weird, right? But like, it was, I probably yeah. would have if it was put in front of me, but I never, <laughs> just, I wasn't, I didn't have it that wasn't opportunity. It was accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was just like, I was I heard, I heard about it. I'm like, that doesn't seem like that's what you're supposed to do. It, that's just what I thought. Yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah. seem like that's yeah. like the, yeah. the thing to do or else people would do it, right? Yeah. Well, there's always a way to abuse everything, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. so it was, just, well, and that's why I, more than likely why I smoked weed, mm -hmm. right? That's why I got into it. Because for the longest time I didn't. When I was like in grade 10, it was like, I wasn't really allowed to. Yeah, I don't remember you smoking weed when we were we were chatting. Yeah, like out. I was like not. I was afraid because my mom would might find out mm -hmm. and smell me, and then I'd have to deal with my mom and yeah, that's you know what I had to deal fist with. of iron. So I was like, yeah, I would hang out with everybody. They'd all smoke weed, and I'd be like, just 
doing my thing right so yeah but then after that it was just like yeah Mm self-medicating it's always self-medication right Mm -hmm. throughout high school well the the interesting thing is that yeah so we we went through a process where we were kind of i don't even know we weren't even really part of the same friend groups because i I don't remember ever going to parties many that that you we were at the same place i hung out with older older older, people who had already graduated right 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 and i was i was actually now that i think of it primarily hanging out with younger kids so that's probably why it was like complete opposite friend groups but um, at a certain time, party, 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 both both did that thing. And then I don't think we connected for quite some time. It was like we, we connected a little bit in high school here and there. I kind of remember when your mom lived on Coots or whatever street that was. I m- maybe hung out with you a couple times there. I don't, I don't oh, remember. Shit, it was yeah. after, after high school. And then... Then, yeah, we connected maybe, what was it, like five or six years ago or seven years ago? Well, no, longer than that. I don't know. I'm really bad with timing. It was longer than that. It's like almost 10 years ago now. 10 years ago now, okay. Because you had just got back from Peru. Oh, okay. And you were living in the basement over off of Westwood. Mm. in around that area wow interesting okay okay yeah like yeah. no yeah so westwood low heat totally yeah. on that before that was break. like 2023 ish that time yeah yeah and you had you were telling me the story about peru and how you were driving and you saw the decal and you were like yeah okay i went bought a ticket and then all of a sudden you're in peru doing ayahuasca oh, with doing that. Ayahuasca, can i talk yeah. about that yeah you can yeah talk about ayahuasca with a shaman in the jungle mm-hmm. and i was like what whoa but I remember I was at your house and we were sitting there talking. And at that time, like I'm full on doing heroin. And, mm-hmm. and I remember we were talking about it and you were just like, what, like, what's, what is it like? Like, what, what do you get from this? And mm-hmm. it was just like, that was the thing at that time. I remember looking at you and it was just like, so I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was probably along the lines where it was just like, it's just, I feel just okay. Like it was like, I feel like it's all going to be okay. Mm. yeah there's actually a reddit thread that um we could probably find it on youtube it became super popular because someone read it read it read it out and then (laughs) um it was just about what heroin was was like and that's what that's what it said it's like i just felt not good and then i would do heroin it was like oh i just feel like everything's going to be fine it was like getting a big hug from your grandma yeah 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 yeah. well actually one one of the other people so i looked into it after that too and they're saying um some people were saying that i've never felt love before but i'm pretty sure this is what the closest thing i felt to to love which is you know this is the tricky part where there's a lot of people that like to me like me towards them in the industry that i'm in now i'm like a former drug addict to them right mm-hmm. and it's like it's un- understandable they just don't know that world right and um to a degree i suppose i i was but at the same time when you start to explain what things are like my my dad just knows cocaine as being really bad for you and i'm like do you do you know what happens when you do it though and he's just like i assume you're just getting mangled out of your mind i'm like no it's like doing an energy drink like it's like it's like yeah. like doing a few of them at once yeah. you know and, yeah. and your mouth goes a little bit numb you get a little bit of extra dopamine but like yeah. it's not what you think it is and that's the thing that a lot of people will when they haven't done drugs like my dad hasn't done any drugs yeah. he's i think smoked weed once and just drank and he doesn't like any of it and he probably he, like greened out he did he did green out <laughs> yeah. yeah there's yeah. actually a, a hilarious story that 
I, I should, should tell because he had smoked weed maybe three or four times. He's at a party. And back in the day, this was in the 70s, okay, there's, uh, his friend was driving, he was driving drunk. Back then it was okay, yeah. to, okay to drive yeah. drunk, right? Driving drunk, swerving, cop pulls him over. He's like, hey, hey, buddy, I think... Uh, think your friend should drive and he goes over to my dad and my dad's greening out and he's just like he's like no you can't drive he's like never mind gives the keys back to the guy that was already swerving and like like, just drive safe right that was the old school way but yeah no he, he he didn't do anything so explaining things to people i feel like demystifies because people think like oh this is what you do and then you look like this. So you look like yeah. meth addicts. And you're like, this is what happens after you do meth for like one year. And it just shows this person with sores all over their face and like all of the stuff. It's like, well, that's not actually entirely true. It depends how much you do it. It depends how like the, the frequency, the dose. It depends if you're eating food or staying up for days at a time. There's a lot of things. And there's some people where when they, they do it, they just do it and they go to a party. And like when I was in Australia they don't have the same access to drugs that we do. So meth is like their go-to because doing cocaine is like $300 for a gram or more. Yeah. So they, they have to have access to like drugs that get you higher for longer, for cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of people that I was talking to and they are just smoking meth as if it's the same as smoking weed. To them, in their mind, it was just like, oh no, I don't smoke weed, I just, just do do meth. I was like what the like <laughs> yeah. these, whereas where we live there's a clear distinction between levels of drugs yeah like we all know there's the, which the levels soft drugs, drugs and the hardcore oh uh, yes yeah, yeah. so, soft drugs and the the, the hardcore yeah. yeah 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 and b- back in the day as far as like meth is concerned i uh i never chose to do overtly do meth but a lot of the pressed caps that we had had a lot of meth in them, mm-hmm. and a lot of the coke that we had had a that's lot of meth is. in it, right? Yeah, yeah that's so why like, you stay out for days and like clench, and it's not actually like that. It's not actually like no. that, right? No, no, not, not it was like, I, yeah, no, no. So it's, and it's like, and you know, kind of like what's been going on with today's world is safe drug supply. Mm-hmm. So there's so many tainted drugs out there. You know, not just with fentanyl, but like, so crystal meth has like hog dewormer in it. And that's mm-hmm. really what accelerates a lot of those like sores on the face. And it's literally like the picking and things like that are, mm. are, are not necessarily caused by amphetamines right. or methamphetamine. It's, it's caused by the additives and, and the fillers and stuff like that, that are in the, yeah. in the mm. compound or added into the compound. So it's like, that's that's what's putting holes in your brain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's what's creating a lot of, a lot of these health, um, um, concerns or, um, effects from the drug use. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know that when we're experimenting. Of course. Right? Like not we're not, we're not exposed to that world because drugs are bad and we're on a war of drugs. So there's no information out there for younger people to really know what they're putting in their body. They can't make an informed decision and they're left to the peer pressure. Well, nowadays we actually live in a completely different world with how unsafe they are, right? Oh, I yeah. never, I never knew one person that back in the day when we were doing just like our usual drugs that uh, OD'd. I don't, I didn't know personally, yeah. right? Uh, my niece actually just OD'd on fentanyl a year ago. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, she, she, she passed. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's super heavy, but for. I knew one person after high school. I'm not sure if you ever knew Tom, Tom, the yeah, DJ yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was the same story with her and with him. Both were clean for a very long time. Mm-hmm. 
And then they decided to party the way that I guess they used to yeah. when they used to party. Yeah. And that's too much for the system to handle. Yeah. And like, that's what, what happened, right? And it's it's a crazy, crazy world that we have now. Like, yeah. if we think about how dumb we were back then and the access to fentanyl, it would just be like, ah, I can handle that shit, right? Like, just like that's what we tell ourselves. Yeah. And, and it's because, it's because when we do a lot of these drugs, all we do is feel good or mm-hmm. feel like we're having a warm hug. It's like, can handle a warmer hug i can handle yeah. more of this right you know well and that's the thing like there is no other choice now there's mm. no other choice there is mm. because i work in the field of addiction um i don't even if somebody says that their drug of choice is heroin and i said okay um is this heroin are you are you refer, referring to fentanyl and it's yes right that mm. they are referring to fentanyl and that Crazy. heroin was their drug of choice but it has now they are searching for fentanyl because they started doing fentanyl and now they like it or what? Yeah, it's a lot stronger. Like okay. A lot stronger than heroin. And you can't crazy. get heroin anymore. Mm. Not in the not in Vancouver. Wow. That's for sure. That's you scary. might be able to if you know somebody who knows somebody who knows yeah. somebody, but who knows, right? Yeah. For the majority of people, you don't. And what it really comes down to is that the people that are overdosing and dying are the people that are experimenting, the people that are using occasionally. Mm-hmm. It's not the people, it's not always the majority of the people are everyday people, you know, who are going to work and just like kind of weekend warriors and picking up like a half gram on the weekend. And that just so happens to be weighed on the same scale as Fent. And then there's one trace and then they just go to sleep and then they never wake up. Mm-hmm. Right. So we don't really know what we're doing because the, the risk is so high, mm. but it's not always the addict that you see in the downtown east side. Mm-hmm. it's the people that are you know 30 35 years old right like or, or Working like my, my niece she's like housing. 17 right yeah. and she just went through a party phase where she decided to do everything yeah her drug of choice when i asked her she's like fentanyl's my favorite right like that's what she said i was like okay i'll accept you doing any other drug <laughs> than yeah. fentanyl is what what I, I told her and that was when she was 14 i was a long she was very young when yeah. she, was, she was doing it but well and that's wild. the thing is it is yeah People yeah. are a lot younger because mm. when we were in high school, it was like, it was E. I remember totally. it, was, it was ecstasy and everybody was doing ecstasy. And then there was a little bit of cocaine in there. And like, there's a, a little bit of a lot of stuff. Yeah. In there. yeah. There's but a it was, lot of like, like some horse tranquilizer ones. I remember there's oh. like, we were getting or there was like those pink hearts. Those oh ones like, it was like dipped in LSD. It was, oh, wild. It was crazy. That's the thing. Like that, <laughs> that was the funny part because we were just used to doing a shit mix yeah. of, of drugs and somehow never dying. Like, that was the thing. Like, I don't... No, we came close, for sure. Came close. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was had my eyes rolling back in my head a, a few times, for sure. And just, yeah. like, uh-oh, Chase is, Chase is going to die. We need to call the ambulance. Yeah, well, just, like, being in a field and some random camping trip, like, doing yeah. whatever we can do. And it's like, how did I even survive this? Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. now it's like... And then after our generation and after we were done, it was just like... Then it was... I think it turned into oxys. Yeah, it was oxys for the next generation. And then it was heroin. Mm. And then it was fentanyl. That's wild. Yeah, every How generation. Ch- yeah, right? Yeah. And so it was just like interesting because that was like the thing for them to do. It was just like. It's interesting because if, if, like if MDMA and E is the lo- is like the, the choice and we're doing it and we're actually connecting and being more loving towards yeah. it, you know, like yeah. very much so. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, like I feel like M was the thing that brought me out of my bubble of feeling like everyone was judging and hating me and then being like, oh, 
actually people are way nicer if yeah. I just put myself out there and start talking to people. Yeah. Which once I got rocked on a cap, I'd be like, hey, really? what's your name? Yeah. How are you? Da, da, da. Yeah. yeah. Go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like bringing that connection. That's what we lack, right? Like that mm-hmm. is really what it is. That's it's it's it c- lack of connection. And it's just like living in high school with just like all the, you know, social hierarchy. It's just like. And yeah. that's the uh, the epitome of the opposite of yeah. connection, right? Yeah. So yeah, let's speak to that because I feel like this is something that even if it doesn't apply to exact drug addiction, it applies to compulsionary or compulsive behavior. It applies to any other form of addiction as mm-hmm. well, whether someone's going through a porn addiction or an overeating addiction you know um gambling gambling relationships yeah. yes um yes. unsafe sex yes yeah yes like things like that sex work yeah there's but a no, lot no. of different things yeah. that we can kind of turn a blind eye to especially the gluttony yeah. one where yeah. you can just overdo on your body a whole bunch of times and it ends up really sedating you to a, a high degree you know it's like well you're just really bogged down and then what i've noticed with um doing drugs it's like as long as your body is in an overdid it phase and then a, a recovering from overdoing it phase whether that's yeah with food with alcohol with addiction of anything we don't have to look at ourselves. It's like this yeah. perfect avoidant it's mechanism. Escape. It's an escape. Yeah. And and Facebook, for su- Instagram, yes, right, all of that. All of it. All it's of it. All an escape. And it's a lack of connection that we feel obviously with others and ourselves. Yeah, yeah but it's a false idea of connection. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's a facade. And that's what we're supposed to be that's what's being presented to us as, you know, like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. Is that this will help you feel connected yeah just log on and you have all your friends all in one thing right and it's not it's it's a breeding ground for insecurities and self-doubt and uh yeah all these things because like the opposite of that connection is also feeding that negative thought pattern that we have Mm -hmm. because we all have it you know it's it's a part of us it's never gonna go away but it's just we live in a world of comparison mm-hmm. and we're never going to be as good as that other person because we live in this type of mentality, mm-hmm. right? And we present to the world this completely different picture of what is actually going on, right? We don't post pictures of, you know, the mental breakdowns, the times when we're like on the ground crying because our whole life just fell apart. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about that. Kind of, not everybody. Right. Not the majority everybody. of people don't talk about that. They- a lot of us that are finding the our way, though, are becoming more authentic to mm-hmm. that and bringing vulnerability forward. You know, yeah. like authenticity, vulnerability amongst friend groups and using that as not a, hi- uh, not a hierarchical uh, commodity, but just like actually a leveling the playing field and dissolving what that hierarchy even is we just go directly to let's be vulnerable let's be open let's be ourselves and not a lot of friend groups are practicing that but it's something that is i found extremely powerful to connect with other people deeper because this lack of connection is not just a lack of hanging out it's a lack of um like intimate connection that we're experiencing oh for sure yeah yeah because there's always like that competition too right like that's where that comparison comes in and it's like I cannot be friends with the majority of the people that I was friends with growing up or you know because there is no authenticity anymore and because I've changed into who I've become or I've become who I am today I uh 
I attract those in my life that are on the same frequency as me. Mm-hmm. And I cannot not be me anymore. I can't change me just to fit into this social group. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Right. It's not for me. And I know when I'm trying mm-hmm. to fit in, mm-hmm. when I'm not being myself. Mm. And I'm not, I don't feel good. Of course. I don't feel yeah. good walking out of that. Because it's like, I said something in a way that I would never say. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was dehumanizing. I was, you know just being an old version of myself that I choose to let go. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I think it's just about being woke. Yeah. Right. Being woke. So to describe, describe what you have utilized and found for your journey. You know, we could, we could say journey in addiction, but it's more journey in evolution, you know, because oh, sure. I feel like, even if people don't dabble in the dark arts to the degree that we did, they still are 100% having to um, ascend through the same journey yeah. in their own way. Yeah. And, and they're going to go through their own addiction. And what I've found is that if we haven't dabbled in addictions, which are obviously severe and obviously are catalytic on our physical body mm-hmm. then it's not as obvious that what we're doing so for certain people if they've never had a, a food addiction mm-hmm. they don't necessarily address their uh, food behavior very often just like if someone hasn't had a substance issue they yeah. just drink wine their entire life and yeah. don't think anything of it yeah. and for some people that's okay and it's not to, to negate their journey but a lot of people because we have socially acceptable ways to be addicted right? yeah. it's like so you could realistically be addicted to Facebook be addicted to alcohol be addicted to food be addicted to porn and no one would ever say anything to you about it ever because they're just socially acceptable but as soon as you talk about you know doing e it's like holy shit like you are a crackhead right like that, well, that kind of thing exactly because yeah. yeah. like when i started getting harder and harder into drugs none of my friends were into that right and i i just started hanging out like once i started getting into like the harder things i started hanging out with people that were more on that level because the people that were you know not doing that were better than me all of a sudden and Mm -hmm. i was feeling judged and so i went further down into the trenches of addiction with different social circles and just went further and further down and losing myself in my identity or what i thought was my identity right so you know from there i um i needed to be in a place of just being alone. I had nobody left. Mm. There wasn't anybody for me to like turn to as a support system. I had no connection. The only connection that I had were with people who were just over me. They were over it. Mm-hmm. They were over all the things that I did. I, they were over just like the way that, you know, I was just like, I would use people, mm-hmm. right? I wasn't actually their friend. I just used them. And I couldn't understand that, right? And then so it came to a place of me being just like, yeah, utterly alone. Mm-hmm. And the people that were around me were just not people that were in looking out for my best interest. Right. right? Yeah. So I think your question was, I, I don't even remember. I don't remember. It's all good. I was like going off on a tangent. No, that's, that's, well, that that's was, perfect. that was the thing. It was like, what kind of brought me to that place of going into this next part of my life was uh, that, yeah, I needed to lose all connection with my ego Mm. and what fed my ego i had to lose that and be left with myself Mm. and to sit with myself 
was probably the most excruciating experience mm. because right? I Right, because you're running from it the whole time. I hated me. I often see that everyone's threshold for their version of rock bottom mm-hmm. is different. It's like for some people, their rock bottom is, you know, and, and it changes as we as we go through the journey, you know? Yeah. like we, well, I feel like I still hit rock bottoms now, rock bottoms of energy, rock bottoms of vibes, you know? Yeah. Very different than when I was young and doing MDMA every couple of days, but... Um, well, like I yeah. was homeless. Mm. I was literally homeless. I had no home. I lived out of garbage bags and I was like jumping from... Lived per- in a garbage bag? No, I, all my stuff <laughs> were in garbage bags okay, and that's how like- I moved my stuff was in black garbage bags. Like okay. I literally was like sleeping on people's couches wow. because I didn't have anywhere to go mm-hmm. and it was just like my luck was like running so... Like was running out and running out and it was just like... Yeah, like that was like that was my physical bottom where I was just like literally like I was absolutely crazy at that time and I had nowhere to like I had nowhere to live, like actually live and I had to go into a recovery house at that point, right? Mm-hmm. But then I left the recovery house and I relapsed again and then it was like then again it and that How was, many how many cycles did you have of of that? Cuz it often takes people quite a few tries, yeah. right? Well, I went to one and it was in Vancouver and um I like completed 90 days and it was actually um 120 day program but I left after 90 and it was it didn't take me long it was like a couple weeks before I relapsed and um yeah that was the time when my mom went to midnight mass on Christmas Eve and I told her that I would meet her there and I never showed up Mm. right she's messaging me like where are you and I like couldn't even because I was too fucked up Mm. um so that was that time but then I just chose not to ever go back into a recovery home Mm -hmm. right because at that time when I was coming to the place where um, I was reaching another bottom, it was more or less like there was warrants out for my arrest. I was on the verge of homelessness again. Um, but it wasn't even that. What it was was that I was alone and it was the emotional bottom. And at that time, I was, I made a decision to go back into a 12 step meeting and I thought that if I can't, I'm going to give this this opportunity because there was a fork in the road. Either I was going to go this way or I was going to go back into recovery, right? Mm-hmm. So I went back into meetings and I was trying that. And there was I was always like negotiating with myself. Like if you if you can't do it, then this is what you're going to do. It was always just like giving myself those um, consequences to my own actions. Mm. And I continued to try. And I wasn't willing to go into a house and live with a bunch of other women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so I, did you just get clean by yourself? Is, it, is, is well, that what you're saying? I went to meetings mm-hmm. and um, like at that time I was in a, an active member in a 12-step program. So I got a sponsor and I was trying to do the steps, but I was just like, I was surviving, mm-hmm. right? I was on welfare. I got like $610. My rent was 550 I had to choose between a bus pass and a cell phone. I couldn't afford food. I had to go to the food bank. I was like 24 years old. Mm. Like it was, it was embarrassing at that time, right? Mm-hmm. It was one of those things. It was a really humbling mo- moment for me where realizing like where I came from. Mm-hmm. And at that time it was just like, I'd have to, I went to three meetings a day and most of the time I went to the meeting because I needed coffee and a cigarette and I didn't have any of that. Mm. Right. So I was there, but yeah. So I'm curious. And, I relapsed uh, a few times too. What was that? Yeah. I relapsed a few times in those times. In, in those times? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what's it What's it like? Because I've been listening to these videos and mm-hmm. um, I sometimes listen to some weird, weird stuff, but there's stories about people quitting meth mm-hmm. and they go into like a... Um, 
like psychosis when they quit. So they go into like this crazy state, they hallucinate and stuff. Not always, but some people, they have like crazy stories where they'll like literally go into another dimension because they'll be in such a state of like psychosis from the withdrawal. Um, and it, it's very interesting stories for some some of them, you know, just like listening to someone's like psychedelic trip, but also listening to like what they were experiencing as far as like anxiety and noticing all of the withdrawal symptoms. Because I'm from what I've heard, heroin's one of the hardest things to actually get off of as far as withdrawal symptoms are are concerned. So what is it? Was it like? Was your body feel like when you're you're going through that? And how did you? Do you talk to yourself through it? Do you take supplements? Like what, what did you do? What was your, your well, thing? I had two different times when I was like full on detoxing. Like I quit heroin cold turkey and I, there was options for me to go on methadone or methadose at the, or methadone at the time. Oh, right. And I, I my family had a conversation with me like, do not go on methadone, like whatever you need to do, but like, do not go on methadone because it's just, you know, it's so acceptable today. But at that time it was something that was kind of new coming out a little bit, like mm -hmm. not really new, but it was, it was becoming more of the, the, the automatic prescription if you were coming off of that. Mm -hmm. But you know, when I was trying to get off of heroin, it was like, I went to my doctor to say, I'm, I'm addicted to an opiate and I need help. And so he gives me a big prescription for Valium. Okay. Like let's give this girl benzodiazepines, which heroin, you can't die from, from withdrawal. The mm -hmm. only two substances that you can die from in a withdrawal is alcohol and benzodiazepines. Really? Yeah. Wow, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. So wow. it's so dangerous. And so that's what I was prescribed. And I was I got a consistent script of Valium. So I just sold those and just got drugs. But you know what I mean? So when it came down to the time of it, I was just like, at that point, I was, I had to, right? Mm -hmm. I was at a place where it was like, that's when I was ready to quit heroin. Mm -hmm. And um, that was So did you transition to Valium then? Is, is that what, what happened? Or no, not, not even or what? No, not even. Like I did, I had them all the time, but it wasn't really something that I was like consistently wanting to use because I had something that was stronger, right? Right, yeah. So, you know, when I was coming off of heroin, yeah, that was... Like that was brutal. That brutal, was that yeah. was brutal. Does, I it, got, does it feel like your your organs are like exploding? Like what does it feel? It like? just What's feels it? like you're gonna die. You're on the oh. verge of death, but you never die. Okay. You never die. So you feel like you're dying. You feel like yes. I felt like I was like laying there, and it was just like everything, and everything hurt, and it was just like all like it was just like I don't even want to go into details because it's just like everything. You have a fever, and you're just sweating, and you're sweating so much, and it was just like. I is it had, is like the worst sickness you've ever, yeah, you could ever, yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, coronavirus has yeah. nothing. Well, I don't know. I've never had COVID. So it's like, yeah, it was just, it was brutal. It was really brutal. Like I, I'll never forget that. Right. Right. Well, it's something where it's a rites of passage, I suppose, to not want to have to go through that again, you know, yeah. like, but you usually need to go through it a few times, I guess. And in order to be like, okay, now I really never want to go yeah. through that again. Right. Well, it depends. Challenging. Right. Like a lot of people have fear over, over withdrawal. Mm -hmm. And so then makes it hard, but it was just like, I think it just for me in my own personal journey, it was, I, I knew if I continued that I wouldn't be here today mm -hmm. I had no at that point I was so broken inside like I was so broken like you couldn't even come near me I was so utterly just into like shattered inside mm -hmm. that that was the only thing that made me feel like I could go on right mm -hmm. and thank god thank god or whatever for that for that drug at that time in my life because if I didn't have that I would have died 
because mm-hmm. I would have killed myself. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it was. Right. And so I needed something in order to just kind of hold me by. And it was just like, that's what I needed. And everybody has their own story, yeah, whatever, sure. like have your own opinion. But that was for me, like, thank, I'm thankful for that. I'm well, I got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is, this is a beautiful transition <laughs> of segue. like, of a perspective though, yeah. of utilizing gratitude and, and appreciation for the things that, serve us not ever to judge ourselves for right and like when i look back i'll literally say marijuana and mdma saved my life like 100 percent. oh yeah i was not able to think for myself before smoking cannabis and being like whoa like this is opening up my mind to be able to perceive things differently and not just think that reality is everything that i'm being told mdma was like my heart was so closed and so broken towards other people that this is the if there's any like thing that i ever want to preach it's acceptance and understanding for everyone's journey yeah because our journey is so unique and realistically i feel like i would have also killed myself had i not had drugs to get me through transitionary times and then those you know it just so happens that the friends that we attract through those types of lives that you know, just like now, anywhere you go, you can be shitty people. There can be good people. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are cool people that use drugs and are kind. And then there's really yeah. bad ones. Yeah. But the ratio of, or not the ratio, but I'd say the the divide between how dark it gets is in the drug world just way, way, way darker. And it also serves us to go, okay, I want to escape myself. And then we find ourselves into these like new levels of rock bottom, yeah. which also serve our journey yeah. to be like, hey, you, you, you want to keep, you want to keep going? Like it, it keeps going. Oh yeah, You can totally keep does. going. You could be 50 and yep. be like, you know, with a buggy and all, all that for yeah. the last 20 years. Who, who knows, right? Like there's so well, many layers. you don't layers. even have to be 50. You, you could have to be, be 50. like, yeah. Yeah. you know, 34, 35. Some people that we went to school with are you know, on the streets of Port Coquitlam. Yes, there sure are. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah doesn't yeah. take long. Does it? Does not. It's a, it's a, it's a quick and um, easy decline. For sure. For right? sure. And that's the thing. It's, there's so much stigma. There's so much stigma and judgment that the shame that you feel from being a part of that lifestyle is, is, is one of the, for me and what I see is, is a big reason why we stay in the position that we're in mm-hmm. of that darkness because of the self-hate. So now now that you're on the other side, what do you feel like is the some is the thing? Like this is the tricky part, right? It's like I think back of when I was all up in the drug world and people were like, "Hey Jace, like maybe you shouldn't do that." And I'm just like, <laughs> "F off. Yeah, yeah. Like, screw off. I don't want to hear anything you you have to say." And so like, what do we do as individuals? Like let's say there's someone that's listening that has someone that they love and they go, "Man, I I want to um, do something for this person. And what I've always found lately, at least is the thing that we want to do is counterintuitive to what we should do. So if we think we should tell the person don't do drugs, it's like, you are dumb. It's That's like the saying answer don't to breathe. That. Yeah. It's, you it, know it what doesn't, I mean? it's like saying don't do anything. Don't think yeah. of a brown cow when you yeah. just say, it. you know, like, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like, that's the thing is just like create a loving space for that person to not feel shame. Right. Right. Having that level of of acceptance. It's just like it just because, you know, you're this person is addicted to drugs doesn't mean that they're not human. Mm -hmm. They're a human being. Mm -hmm. They're not subhuman. Yeah. This isn't a dehumanizing experience Mm -hmm. that we need to instill into our society because you're addicted to drugs. It's like 
you're addicted to drugs because there's something that happened, right? And that's where, like, you know, Gabor Mate and everybody always, like, quotes this. It's just, like, it's not about, um, it's not necessarily about, uh, how does it go? It's, like, it's not why the addiction, but why the pain, mm-hmm. right? Because it's trauma, right? At some, and, like, a lot of people have, like, their opinion about trauma, but it's so, um, like, adverse childhood experiences is a big thing that's been, like, you know, starting to come out and be talked about. But it's just like it could be like something super minor that just changes a person's perspective on things. And it can just it can just be the precursor of like this lifestyle. And yeah, of course, it's our choice at first, maybe. I don't know. Right. To to start self-medicating. But it's it becomes it no longer becomes a choice. That choice gets taken away from us. And it's like, you know, if a person's struggling with with substance abuse, um, it's a that's it's a hard it's a complicated answer. Mm -hmm. There's no there's no answer. There's no one way to go about it because what works for me worked for me and what worked for you worked for you, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for the next person. My life and my experience is mine. And it's, um, I, how I was able to get help was I went into a 12 step program and I gave my, my life, my heart and my soul to this 12 step program. And it worked in a way where it brought me connection. It brought me community. It brought me, um, a sense of purpose and it surrounded me with people that understood me and didn't judge me for what I, you know, for what I did. And it, it gave me a set, a set of principles to live by that I didn't know that I had or mm-hmm. that I could do. And it helped me be a better person. But then at the same time, I understand now looking back at that time in my life, I'm not necessarily an active person in a 12 step program. Doesn't mean I'm not in recovery. It's just, I'm not, I don't identify with what, you know, those 12 step programs talk about, but for a a time in my life, it did, it served its purpose. But I realized that a lot of that purpose was based around fear. And that that was the next thing that I had to go through was like looking at that fear. And so when it comes to a lot of these people, it's like, there's a fear of change no matter what. And there's a fear and there's a self-doubt and it's all these things, that negative thought pattern, this like distorted thinking, the black and white, right? Mm -hmm. Catastrophizing everything. So it's... Well, let's use the the black and white on like the gradation of the severity of drugs. We live in a different world now, but back then, even though weed was already accepted here, you know, I use the example of in Australia, how there's like the using weed is basically Mm -hmm. like using meth like it's like "Eh, it's like the same thing if you use drugs you use drugs right whereas here cannabis has always been way more widely accepted for those of you that are listening we live in british columbia we're like world renowned for our growing of cannabis and acceptance and lax laws since since we were kids right but at the same time a lot of the people that were older than us, like I remember blazing at some friends' houses and their grandparents came down and they saw the bong and they thought we were smoking crack. And we're like, we're like, huh, we're not smoking crack, we're smoking weed. And they're like, still. Like it was still like, to them it was the yeah. same thing. Well, a drug crack is a drug. And, and weed. What was that? It, a drug is a drug. A it's, drug is a drug, right? That. Just don't do drugs. And yeah. by, by clumping them all into this thing, it really confuses people. Because like, sure, we should have... We need to have acceptance for everyone, but we also need to have acceptance and understanding that like some drugs are going to like ruin your life and other drugs are like, ah, it's just like a slow kind of dulls you down a bit, but you can do it. Like, do you, do you smoke cannabis now? Do you, do you care to, to mm. touch on that? 
Well, that's what I've been thinking about, actually. Is, um, is, is if, like if whether or not I want to sh- say it because like I don't I'm not in a 12 step program anymore, but I do. Um, I've had to um, use the support of my my medical team, my doctor, mm-hmm. my family doctor um, to help support me in a way that is conducive to my goals in life. For sure. And being prescribed benzodiazepines um, as a medication to help with my severe anxiety and things like that was not conducive to what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And when I was introduced to medical marijuana as a medical patient um with a prescription i was able to find some reprieve for the first time and it doesn't mean like there's such a stigma around that when you're in a recovery program or a 12-step program right because um so okay so this is like my daily life is what what i talk about when what i'm about to like kind of go in and break down okay is that we live in a world of harm reduction right and harm reduction is can be kind of used in in a, a few different references and so what I've dis, like I've come to know and understand and believe in is that harm reduction is on a spectrum right so on the spectrum on the far right yeah maybe it's the far right on the far right or whatever on this far side it's going to be yeah it's the far far right sorry it's going to be the safe injection sites. It's going to be homeless shelters. Like that's where it's like survival sex trade work, like, or, um, where it's like street level sex work. Like that's like, that's on, like that's all on this one side. Right. And then on the far left side, it's going to be abstinence. Mm. But this whole side, like this whole spectrum is harm reduction. Cause no matter what it's to reduce harm, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. And so, on one side, we have the abstinence, which is the 12-step community, which is like complete 100% abstinence no matter what. And then there's this other side. But the, we're somewhere in between, right? Right. We're somewhere in between. And for the longest time, I lived on this far left. And I struggled on this far left. I made it. I did what I needed to do. But at the same time, I was always on prescription medications from my doctor. And, you know, in the world of that community, it was like, that's not acceptable because I was still technically, you know, not following that abstinence based program. And Mm -hmm. that wasn't going to work for me. But I still maintained my 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 recovery within that community. But I always felt like I was just like, always there was always something else that I was doing that I wasn't quite as pure. Mm-hmm. Right. And on the opposite side of clean is dirty. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like I was dirty and like dirty cakes and all these different kinds of things. And so through like discovering myself and understanding that like there is plant medicine that I can use for myself that's going to help me more than something that's created in a in a laboratory by some scientists 100%. to, to add a little bit more dopamine to my brain so I can feel a little bit happier. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I look at the pros and cons, you know, I have autonomy today mm-hmm. to make my own decisions based on what my life is going to be like and how I want to live my life. And so that's where I'm at. Right. So yeah, like I do use medical marijuana, um, You're preaching shit to the choir, though. Yeah. Like where where I'm at, I'm I'm not anti pharmaceuticals if you need them. Yeah. But if we can use a plant first and foremost, that has uh, very little addiction and ba- barely any withdrawal, and you know people are microdosing mushrooms now. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of different things that people are using to counteract all of the other things that they need to do. There's like 
groups of people that need antidepressants and yeah. they just microdose mushrooms and a lot of people will be like oh well, that's that's a that's a drug like colloquially yeah. we see in our society as like this one is by a doctor so it's okay yeah this one is not because only weirdos do it you know yeah. <laughs> or something where, where it's actually like no this this one is healthy there's no side effects you could do it every day for the rest of your life yeah you know and and this should be just sub abstinence it should be like abstinence and then like microdosing mushrooms and then like cannabis you know or like whatever but it's right? like but not even though because it's yeah. like because it's not even on the same thing right yeah, like yeah. it's just like it's not uh, even on the same like, chart it's at, not at all. like yeah. i don't know like it's it's a little bit different because this is where we go into like the health and wellness right yeah. this is all about health and wellness mm -hmm. and so like for me it's like i tried every single pharmaceutical drug you can think of to try and help me Right. I have a list and it's huge of all of the different things that my doctor prescribed me. Mm -hmm. Right. I exhausted everything. And to the point where they were trying to put me on lithium, I was like, OK, you know what? This isn't what I want. Mm -hmm. I don't want a life where I'm trapped on this pill bottle here because this isn't I don't feel I felt like I was a dulled version of me and I was never able to be me. And that doesn't mean that I'm still not on some type of pharmaceutical because that, that's what I needed in my life. But I've gone to a point where I like I've gone off of everything and I've just tried to live and it was just it didn't work. So mm -hmm. I always I needed something, but I needed something that was more in tune with my values in life. For sure. And that's what happened. Mm. Right. But a lot of people will like I had to exhaust all these options based on the values that I was learning in this in these programs that I was in. Um, I needed to to exhaust those exhaust those um those options and then i made that decision to go into to use plant medicine and mm -hmm. that was a really hard decision it was really hard and i felt like i was living a double life mm -hmm. and so as a result of living this double life i chose to take a step back because i will always have that part of my life i will always have that recovery um and i'm still in i'm still a woman in recovery i just have a different version today mm -hmm. that's my for me it's weird because i always thought that the people that are doing na or whatever is that i thought weed was always was cool to do no. weird it's an abstinence-based program yeah weird yeah maybe there is a different one that people are doing that's like a subset or something because i had heard from a couple people that were got off certain things and then they're like yeah like they're like they, they kind of turn a blind eye to to weed that's what i well, always heard but yeah. that's the thing it's just like it's it's everybody's different depends right? who you talk to Everybody. depends the circle yeah, yeah right yeah. but there is still a stigma mm -hmm. there will always be of a course, stigma until course, we stop yeah. having a stigma yes, and yes until we start challenging it and that's where you know a lot of what i do today of being in the middle you know what i mean i live in the middle i live in the gray right my opinions and everything like that will remain in the gray because there's always an exception to the rule mm -hmm. there's no such thing as like a perfect program for every single person because right. we are so unique mm -hmm. and we need to embrace that uniqueness and we need to allow people to make those decisions for themselves and but to also have the intention behind it i don't use any of these plant medicines without the intention first mm -hmm. i don't use them to escape i know why i'm using them and i use them in a way that helps me better my life not hinder my life mm. that's the key point mm. you don't see me fucked up all day Mm -hmm. right of course that's i don't live that life anymore yeah. i'm never like that at all right like that doesn't happen and i choose to not live a life like that if i want to i can go do that i have the power to make a decision to just go and use drugs again mm -hmm. right i can do that but i don't want to mm -hmm. what i use today helps me i'm calmer mm -hmm. like i'm i used to be like a little tasmanian devil I remember it was so crazy and I'm a different person you know 
from the work that I've done, from the trauma work, from the step work that I've done. You know, I've done a couple sets of 12 steps and things like that. I've been in different types of, um, you know, personal development programs. I've learned, I've done the work. I've done a lot of work on myself. And now I live in a, I work in an environment where I help other people, right? And that doesn't mean that I share this information. I don't share my personal journey with some of the clients that I work with because it's none of their business. Mm -hmm. Because I also don't want to... Um, make any influence on their decision of course right right because everyone's journey is yeah. so unique and that's where where the love part comes in because the yeah. love is not meeting someone where we think they should be at and yeah. therefore this is love love is meeting them where they are at and just being like oh like if you see that they have a question well this has served me on my journey yeah. as as far as like you know has been beneficial in this way and that way and that way yeah and it just so happens that 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 spectrum of things supposedly being uh all, all the way extreme to like living on the street yeah. to like oh you're just doing pharmaceuticals it's like well now we have like this completely new spectrum yeah of plant medicine and this is the new abstinence you know that's, well, that's basically how, how i see it too because if, if people ask me if i if i do do stuff i'm like i i'm like the soberest person ever but if i want to i do yeah but like not pharmaceuticals and not hard drugs it's like yeah and like those those that's my standard yeah it's like i don't put any of the other ones yeah. psychedelics or anything on a level of thinking it even is a drug. And that's the reframing that we're having in our society right now is big movement. It's super beautiful. And it's super amazing to hear that it's, um, that they've served you on your, your journey to whatever degree. Well, and that's the thing. It's just like, you know, it's not what you're using. It's why mm. that's the question that we need to start asking ourselves is why am I using this? Why am I doing this? Why am I drinking this glass of sparkling water? Mm -hmm. You know, why am, why do I use essential oils every single day? Mm -hmm. Right. Not what am I doing? It's why am I using this? What is it? How is it a value to me today? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's been one of those things where it's been a transformative experience to to introduce plant medicine and to respect plant medicine in my life. Mm -hmm. Like that comes down to microdosing mushrooms and and using microdosing um, LSD, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've progressed into this world of of plant medicine based on the level of consciousness that I want to achieve mm -hmm. and, and to look at the blocks of that, uh, of, um, to my consciousness mm -hmm. and a lot, a, a big, sorry, I'm like, I'm getting all fired up here. Cause of I'm course. also, getting I didn't nervous. even know you were doing that stuff. I That's know, exciting. And I'm getting nervous yeah. because I also feel like I'm just, you know, there's still shame and fear, yeah, right? There always will be because a lot of people, but we're busting through that right now, I know, right? Yeah. Like this is part of the reframing of people's perspective yeah. is hopping onto a podcast and being like, Hey, this is what's true for me. This is what works. And you know, like you can choose to, um, get your perspective enhanced by what I just shared with you. You know, or you can stay in your, your little bubble, right? Yeah. But I feel like in general, there's so much more acceptance. But yeah, at, at the same time, these programs that are being run to us are going, feel shame for that. That's yeah. bad. This is well, dirty. It's oppression, all that. right? Yeah, it's, it's we a live in a world of oppression. of oppression. It is. It's, it's oppression. And yeah. that was the thing. It's like I, I've always been an anti-oppression worker <laughs> yeah. since I was younger, yeah, yeah. since I was little. Right. It's the little that's why I was. A, that's why we became friends. That's my belief. Is that because I've been, you know, I want to bring out this the side of people and help them flourish and grow so that they can be their authentic self. That's my purpose mm -hmm. right now. That's what I believe, and this is where I'm coming to in this moment. Is just like that's what it is. Mm -hmm. I was in this twelve step program, and people who were on opiate replacement therapies who were just trying to better their lives were told that they weren't, you know, 
a part of that program. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be specific about anything because it's not about that. Right. Right, right. For me, I didn't, that didn't align with my values because Mm -hmm. that person is working harder than a person who's completely abstinent. And we're just like, we're just discounting all of the work that they did based on our opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's okay that we can, we do that. And because that's how that program that's the values that are set in that program. And that is okay for that program. Right. But that's not for me. Right. And that, right. So there needs to be another form of a circle here for mm-hmm. all the people that aren't the a part of The gray area yeah, yeah, world. Yeah. Yeah. Because like even that with like, you know, when I started to go into the journey of microdosing mushrooms, like there was always that fear around that because also society is like saying that that's drugs and that's bad and all that kind of thing. But I never had any, you know any experience like that. And when it came down to me finally going into the world of LSD, it was just like, that was that next step that brought me to this amazing place in my life mm-hmm. where it's not something that I use regularly at all. Mm-hmm. And it's on the lowest, the lowest dose ever where you don't feel anything, but it helped me connect with myself and with my partner, mm-hmm. you know, my future husband, because the sexual assaults that I've experienced and the trauma that I've experienced created a wedge in my relationship and was you know a leading um force in a lot of my destructive behaviors when especially when it came to relationships with men so i needed to look at that and work at that and again i went through every single other kind of option that i could do i've done counseling i've done trauma work i've done all this kind of stuff and this was that next thing that i tried after i exhausted everything and nothing was really feeling like it good old plant medicines coming and healing humanity yeah eh? and it really did it's like it's not even the same anymore for me. Mm. Right. And that was the thing that was just like, that's, that was at that time. And I still have to do the work. Mm-hmm. You still have to be yes. introspective. Yeah. You can't, it's, it doesn't, it's not it, an no, answer. it's not an answer. It's not, uh, it's not no. like a hack, like a no. life hack where you do plant medicine and now you're evolved. It's it, actually, no. it's just an enhancement of meditation, of introspection. It enhances our noticing of the subtle energy that's going in Uh, on in our body where we go whoa this feels out of alignment and oh i'm just having this thought about this and you can use it to like kind of leverage introspection yeah right and a lot of people that are introspective can sometimes be like well i don't need that but at the same time there's i feel like we can always use um assistance and the reframing of of all of this like abstinence it's like, okay well if we're choosing abstinence if you look at the cultures of the world that are religious that are mm-hmm. had had personal evolution at their forefront they may not have used substances but they were fasting and doing breath work yeah. and doing all of these things that access those altered states anyways yeah. Yeah. and a lot of people will be like well you should do those then which if you want to do those, that's totally yeah, cool. Yeah, you don't have but to. But at, at the same yeah. time, these medicines give us an opportunity to access those states, and for, they're for the average person that maybe doesn't have time to do a ten-day fast. Like, yeah, we don't we don't live in a culture where that's accessible to the average person. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. Like, we can we can make the time if we choose to. Of right? course. Like this is all like this is just like their belief is, systems. Yeah. I right. Get like it, yes. this is just like I just this is just a modality that I use. Just like somebody uses meditation, I also do yoga, and yoga puts me into a trance as well. Like. There's all these different things, whatever floats your boat. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it, cool. If you don't, cool. You mm-hmm. know, if you judge me, cool. If you don't, cool. Like it doesn't yes. matter. Yeah. Do your own thing. Just yes. be you. Just be you. Just be you. And boot, accept like, everyone's yeah. version of whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it doesn't that mean it's good do. or bad. There's no such thing as good and bad like that. Yeah. We don't have to just 
there's no we don't have to polarize our opinions about this and yeah. about how we choose to live our life mm. are you happy cool yeah that's all that's important mm -hmm. if you're not happy then there's something that needs to change because we're not put on this earth into this you know strange existence that we live in for no reason mm -hmm. and we're not put here and if i'm going to be unhappy like what's the point mm -hmm. right I'm going to find a way to work on that. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's just like, you got to do the work, mm -hmm. do the work, right? If you want to be a better person, do the work. Mm -hmm. No one's going to do it for you. No one's right? going to do it for you. This is a personal journey. Everybody's on it. And if you want to live like that, you want to be unhappy. That's your choice, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's simple in my opinion, right? Like I just, I don't like to complicate it anymore because I don't like to live in that fear of judgment. I'm happy. Mm. there's times when I'm unhappy and I know and that's the thing with plant medicine it's just like it makes you not makes you it shows you what you need to be working on if you're not prepared for that like you have to be in a place where you're prepared to look at the dark side the shadow side right you need to be prepared for that and that's not something that you just do on your own mm. you don't just do that because you're hearing something that you like to hear and you're like, oh, okay, well that person's doing it. So I'm going to go and do, you know, all this microdosing. That's what I do. It's not like that at all. Mm -mm. You need to be doing it with this. You need to do research. You need to make an informed decision based on your experience and based on what your goals are with these different medicines and then follow that. Find the people that you can do it with. Find the people with the, with the opinions that you're going to respect and with the guidance that you need. It's not a, a solo journey right not by any means no. and that's what is the full integration is for sure in in my experience and a lot of people around me because of the communities that i'm in they are plant medicine communities so yeah. it truly is like okay well the plant medicine serves me this community serves me wow that's a match made in heaven it's like yeah. we we need to find a place that has our idealistic perspective and if our idealistic perspective of how to live is straight edge and being christian well then there's a place for that yeah there just hasn't been a or well, we're experiencing an upsurge of yeah. a lot of what we're talking yeah. about now and it serves so many people ridiculously that it's like it's not going out anywhere right well, exactly. we're it's yeah. coming it's coming and we're gonna we're gonna start having our own churches on the corner it's yeah. gonna be great yeah. well and that's the thing it's just like this was happening in the 60s and the 70s there was research going on and like it was like they talked about it in like in the in like a alcoholics anonymous history is that bill w the founder of 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 alcoholics anonymous was experimenting with LSD as a medicine you know mm. what I mean but it's just like there's again that's where like I think it was I don't remember who it was Ronald Reagan maybe that like declared the war on drugs and then the stigma started was, it uh, was just like all Nixon, these different things like yeah, that, yeah right classifying all these stuff but there's studies there's like maps and then the BC Center of Substance Use like there's all these different organizations in British Columbia that are spearheading research that is beyond our understanding of the amount of help and that's the thing is there's trained professionals who are um, like psychotherapists that are going to take people through, you know, different journeys at high doses, mm -hmm. right? It's this isn't. I'm not even talking about the microdose. Right, this is like right. actual. Like you're. Well, this on. is the beauty of of bringing in. Sure, there was a lot of studies going on in the '60s, but like where we're at right now, we've also bridged like a lot of indigenous cultures yeah. with the plant medicine work and the ceremony. Yeah. And then the people that need that deep, big journey with a one-on-one -on -one psychotherapist. There's also that. Yeah. So instead of doing what we were doing again in the '60s, now it's 60 years later 
later. <laughs> and I feel like we're really killing it. We're doing yeah. it the right way this yeah. time because the way that we did it last time, there is still so much corruption and misinformation and all, all of that. And there still is yeah, that still now. Is, yeah. Still is that now. And there will always but, be yeah. addiction. Yeah. That's yes. the thing yeah. is that addiction doesn't discriminate. And you could just be it. what I, like me and you could start doing, you know, this new substance. You and I start doing it. But I'm predisposed to addiction based on my whatever, my genetics. Mm -hmm. I'm the addict and you're not. Right. It's not right. that we're both going to become addicts. Yes, it's, yes. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. And that's where the acceptance once again yeah. needs to come in really deep because the more that we understand how the human brain works yeah. and our dopamine and receptors and yeah. all, all of that, it could have just been like this is the trippy part is it could be that – because of the diet we were fed as kids, our dopamine wasn't where it yeah. was supposed to be or at. Or trauma. Or, and trauma, 100%. Right. Like there's a lot of things. So but many I, I just things. mean as like as simple yeah. as the food that you consume. Yeah. It's like you're gluten intolerant and you ate gluten your whole life and then you decided to do E and you finally felt the way that normal people feel. Like, like just normally when their dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin is just firing normally yeah. right when you have loving parents and all of those yeah. things you know it's like this is one thing that we got to understand is that these these drugs are actually bringing us to brainwave states where we yeah. realize that like life can be good like if i can get high on mdma and experience that and I went from being in a very dark space. Yeah. That means like something between a dark place and that is possible for me to experience. Yeah. So it how it can work um doubly as an inspiration, but it can work negatively as like let's just do that again. Let's just do yeah. that again, and then we yeah. end up fall yeah. falling right. Yeah. But it's yeah. like it's it's a complicated thing because we never know, right? It's like it is like playing Russian roulette. No mm -hmm. one's gonna know what's gonna happen, right? And so it's like, and that's where like coming back again is like, is to that intention, mm. right? It's, it's having, you know, using any type of medicines like this. It's just like, why am I using this? Mm -hmm. What am I using it for? And like, what is the intention that I'm going to be putting into it? Because mm -hmm. if I'm not putting that intention in, I'm not going to have the experience that I'm trying to, 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 um, manifest from that, mm -hmm. the, the spiritual awakening or like, you know, opening up my brain to that point where I can see this different perspective, the shift, right? I have to have that intention in there before I do anything, anything. That's even with me sitting on Facebook. Like I'm in the process of deleting my Facebook yeah, because Facebook's Facebook is whack. harmful for yeah, me. Yeah. It's harmful because I go into a state of obsession and I go into a state of comparison where I stand there and it's like I, my entire demeanor shifts mm -hmm. because I go into the shame and the guilt and, and the fear and all those different things. And it's not helpful for me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not because it's like, I can't stop. It's yeah. It's cause I can't stop. Mm. And I don't want to do that to myself anymore. And it doesn't bring me joy. So I'm in the process of deleting that, but that's just Facebook. So it's like, why am I going on here? Because I'm going to creep every single person mm -hmm. that has ever, you know what I mean? That I ever have like any kind of feeling of any something. And I'm going to relive that experience. Mm. That's a great intention. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. Way to go. Right. 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 Like, no, yeah. So it's, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just like, why are you doing it? Why are you doing yeah. it? Getting clear on that is getting clear on ourselves yeah. and self-awareness is yeah. key. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. And that's the process of when we are in those addictive patterns, we are completely negating self-awareness. We're going the opposite way. We're going, let's run away. Impulsive. Let's run away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's compulsive, yeah. right? It's an escape. We all do it. We live in that world today. Beautiful. Well, we did we did very good. How long do you think it's been? Oh, you have a watch. Well, it's four. An hour and fifteen. We did. We oh, did good. Yeah. And we can just keep going. 
we, we can keep going? No, oh, I just, mean, we, we can. We could, we we always could do. keep going yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I really appreciate you, um, you coming, sharing. Like it can be, even for me, I've only told these stories. Like I try to be as transparent as possible about yeah. my past and be like, be like, yeah, like I used to, I used to do a lot of, a lot of drugs, you know, mm-hmm. not as much as some, but way more than pretty much everyone I've ever interacted with since yeah. high school. Yeah. Really. Yeah. You know, like we, you know, there, there are groups of people that have did them. And then there's like, yeah, like the ones who really did them. Yeah. And then there's the ones that just never touched them or, yeah. or not very much, you know, yeah. and they just chose alcohol as their drug of choice. And we think, oh, well, that's fine. Those people are, are fine. Right. But yeah, like you said, you can die from alcohol withdrawal. Yeah. That blew my mind when I heard that. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're at this place where I love that you're talking about plant medicine. And I feel like there's a lot more people on, that I can have on this podcast that can talk to how much that has actually served yeah. their journey and yeah. where it has, has brought them. Do you have any... Uh, final words that you want to share with people or is there any way where you want to offer yourself to be connected to or are you you kind of good on that well if I don't know right yeah if there's something that I'm an open book you know this is my first time sharing this information on a public platform and I was going to have some personal boundaries around that but I feel like I need to say that I need to be true to myself because Mm. I don't live in that authenticity in a way with so many people right Right. I do and I don't and I work in a I work in an organization and I don't want that to be a a reflection of what I do or who I surround myself with it's just something like that but you know I just um I'm living a life that I never dreamt was possible Mm. and if that's if this is how I have to get here then this is how I've gotten here you know Mm. what I mean I I'm I live a beautiful life I've never had what I've had today right to this point it's just like life is amazing and I don't ever want to change any of that ever like I don't want to change my experience I don't want to change my journey at all you know it is what it is it's just it's it's becoming what it is the way that it's supposed to and and um I just need to remain open and and kind and gentle to myself that the judgment will always be there but I don't have to believe it Hmm. and so if anybody wants to talk to me I don't know just yeah, maybe we'll get me uh, on Insta. On Insta, <laughs> yeah, because I'm not gonna have what's Facebook. Your Insta? What's your Insta? Uh, it's Donda. Donda. Yeah, you, you want to spell that? A E N D U H. Donda. Donda. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Don. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye.